started. It is just after 5, 4 p.m. And today is November 30th, and this is the City of Iowa City work session. And I'm gonna call out the first agenda item, which is discussing the Ad Hoc Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And this was an item that I felt that we should have on the agenda, um, only because I know that the last time we had a discussion about them was when the facilitator was on the agenda. And so I believe they've had about six meetings since, somewhere in there. And so I believe it would be appropriate for us to have a discussion as a council. And just jump right on in there. I'll jump in, Mayor. Um, I think from watching and attending the commissioners uh, from the TRC meetings um, throughout their uh, tenure, as well as since we had our last council discussion about it, um, I think it's pretty clear that you know there's some a great deal of uncertainty among them as to where the council stands and where we might go. It's not in our packet for this meeting as far as a recommendation for an extension of their their time frame, but I know that that is something that they are going to be bringing to us. I think it'll be in our next minutes, and Jeff, you may know what they decided at their last meeting. I don't recall the date that they decided on, but I think that we should um, talk about extending the time frame of their mandate, and we should talk about uh, what we will provide as far as professional support for the TRC since we approved the funding as a council and then didn't approve the contract for the facilitator. I would agree uh, with Councilor Burgess and just to kind of take a second to kind of recap if, if people aren't familiar. Um, and I don't have the exact timeline here, but we appointed, uh, I believe it was nine members to the commission and they got off to a rocky start. Um, and frankly, I think with the different personalities and backgrounds, that wasn't really unexpected in my opinion, but I think we did the best we could in terms of getting broad representation. Um, a, a few weeks in, there was a forced leadership change after that, there were a number of voluntary resignations, including the facilitator that had been hired. As a council, we put them on a one, basically a one month hiatus so that we could fill what was initially four vacancies, ended up ultimately with a fifth vacancy. And they got back to work and I think they've had their challenges. I think if you read about TRCs, this is an incredibly difficult, complex uh, piece of work and, and very challenging for the people who do it. Um, we approved, um, I don't remember if it was unanimous or not, but we as a council approved a one line item budget to hire a facilitator, as Laura mentioned. We all knew at the time exactly what that meant, they, they had had one response to the RFP for 
hiring a facilitator. We all had information on that facilitator at that point. That vote was just on the budget. And then we came back and didn't hire the facilitator, which to me personally made absolutely no sense. It's like we had made every, taken every single step down that path after the resignations to get nine people back on there, give them a chance to work. We knew from the very beginning the challenges of that commission were going to require a, a good, strong facilitator. And I think we had one uh, available to us. Um, I know Laura and Janice had talked with that group. I know members of the TRC had. Obviously, they had interviewed them. An organization that has national, if not international, experience in this area. And then we, we just basically cut it off at that point in time and have left them, I would say, to flounder without a facilitator since then. So I would totally agree um, with Laura's recommendation that if and when they come back and ask for more time to complete their task, that we approve that. And I would encourage, and if I'm city attorney can help me, it probably or the city clerk on the rules of this, but I would certainly encourage that a member of the council who voted not to hire the facilitator, I believe, can ask that question to come back to the council again. And I would encourage one of you to do that because I believe we had the best option in front of us to help the TRC by hiring that facilitator. Um, so I would encourage one of you to think long and hard about, do we want them to be successful? And if we do, I think they need a facilitator. And I think we had a really good one, and we even approved the money. Uh, Councilor, just so I can address the uh, question you've raised and so forth, <clears throat> uh, what you're describing, of course, is a motion to reconsider. It would need to be uh, made by someone who voted in the negative or on the failing side. Um, that would require a majority vote. We would need to notice, we would need to notice that up uh, appropriately, so it's not something you could probably do right. tonight. Uh, but that's certainly something that could be done uh, at a subsequent meeting if the council so chose. Thank you. I, I, I did want to give some comments. Um, so, and welcome to the TRC members and anyone else that is out there in the audience. I know that this has been a hard topic. Um, on something that really is uh, a great opportunity, when we think about social justice, and the city of Iowa City, the intent that the TRC had for our community. Um, it was with great hope that it was created. Um, and I think uh, Councilor Mims gave some kind of a recall of what happened on some level um, with the TRC. It is a very unfortunate thing that some of the events took place and I guess for me to sum it up, um, the members of the TRC, I've, I know a few of them on a, I, I would say I got to know them through uh, this process. Um, and I know that many of them are, if not all, are really dedicated to uh, social justice and the city of Iowa City. What I am finding is the TRC it is not the members of the TRC. It's not, um, 
I, I, what I'm finding is that there's, there's this disconnect. There's this um, it, where people are not, the black community specifically, are not unified. And I understand that as the BIPOC community that we are representing uh, by having the TRC in, in place. And one of the reasons why I have, um, or one thing that I've been saying consistently, is we need to be unified. And that doesn't mean that we all have to agree um, on every aspect of what happens, but there is this um, just a huge disconnect. And that is one of the things that I, I, I felt I, that I could not support the facilitator because that was very clear, and it has been clear to me for some time. I believe, personally, that there are ways that we can achieve the goals of the TRC um, in, in, in a different fashion. Now, I am not going to be and, and when I say that, I know a lot of people say, does that mean end of the TRC? It could, or yes, it could. Um, now, does that mean that I don't want to see social justice um, happen in our community? Absolutely not. Um, I believe that there is more than one way to achieve a goal. And if we're finding that consistent, <laughs> consistently we're having setbacks because of the makeup, not the people of the TRC, but just having this form, then I think that we really should consider another avenue. Now, with that being said, um, I have not talked to any counselors that I'm aware of that supports, you know, end of the TRC. So, um, and if I, if, if there are, sorry, um, I'm not recalling right now. So then that, that leaves us to what is the next steps? And I think, at least for me, the next steps is really trying to find a way to um, move forward as a community. And I do understand that the facilitator could have been involved in creating a space or creating the healing process within um, to, to somewhat accommodate some movement together in, in unification, you know, there are um, lots of TRCs throughout the, you know, the United States, which we've seen, and some, some have had rocky starts. I don't know of any that have ended, but I think I do recall that there were maybe some. I, 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 um, I, I guess right now I'm not very clear on that. Iowa City I know that we say that we're unique, and, and we are unique. I believe that we can figure this out and move forward um, as a community. There are several things that I've um, thought about, as well as other people that I've talked to, on ways that we can reach our goals that was set forth by the TRC. Um, and some of those we can certainly discuss with the TRC um, at a future meeting, should we choose. Um, but that would really involve moving into a more of a community-based um, commission um, versus just having um, the nine appointed individuals. And I think that when we're talking about housing, some of the goals that we're talking about, uh, housing, policing, um, there could be multiple 
um, I, I guess, subgroups <laughs> that could work on this. Um, but again, I, I really do believe that in order for the TRC to be successful after all that hasn't been encountered, um, the unification is the most important thing, I believe, from my vantage point. Before we continue the discussion, my apologies. Uh, one correction. Uh, when I was talking about the motion to reconsider, I failed to uh, recall that the motion needs to be made at the same meeting or the next subsequent meeting. And I believe we've had more than that meetings intervening. So we would just need an, a fresh motion for that. Sorry for, the, uh, for that oversight. I would certainly be open to um, extending uh, the, the timeline for the TRC potentially, but I think what would be absolutely necessary if we do as a council agree to do that, uh, that the, uh, the commission itself would submit to us. I know they've, they've hit some roadblocks, so I think they maybe are entitled to have a little extra time added on uh, to their original deadline, but they would absolutely need to have some type of proposed uh, timeline a calendar of steps that they're going to take along the way just not carte blanche okay we're going to give you another couple months we we would need to know what you're planning to do with that extra time so I would very much echo what um, counselors Burgess and Mim said um, and I'm I'm sort of rewinding to the session that we had about the facilitator both um, both appropriating the money for it, but then the, the, the discussion that we had with members of the proposed um, facilitation team also talking to us at that time. Um, and it strikes me that, that much of what we're talking about uh, can, I firmly believe, uh, be facilitated and resolved with these professional facilitators. Um, yes, Iowa City is unique in some ways, but we are not unique in this. We're not super special. The, the, people who have, the people who make up that facilitation team have dealt with commissions all around the world, all around this country. Uh, and, and I am firm in, in the, I have full confidence that they, they would be able to do exactly the things that we are talking about. Um, be there to help the TRC put together the timeline that you're, that you're referring to, Councillor Taylor. Uh, make sure that they have the, a, an appropriate budget and goals to, to deal with. And, Mr. Mayor, deal with the, with the really important unification and, um, and, and internal community reconciliation issues that, that, have been, um, that have been, for better or for worse, laid, laid bare. Um, we have other options, obviously. You know, we could, uh, it could not be a city commission. It could be an independent commission of some sort that, that we then, as a city, provide some funds to. But um, I believe my personal view is that, A, I'm willing to give them extra time. B, I think, I believe that they, they really do deserve appropriate facilitation rather than having any group is going to have to create this out of whole cloth. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We have people who have that expertise. Um, there are a couple of people, uh, in particular, Eduardo Gonzalez and Dave Ragland, who have offered to do some measure of that on a pro bono basis. Um, but that's not really the full, that's not the full scope 
of the work that needs to be done on um, to, to really make this the, the functioning commission that, that we all, I believe, in, originally envisioned. Um, and I guess there's, there's a letter, um, there's a letter from, um, from, that was signed by numerous practitioners that I believe is in everybody's email today, although it's not in, I don't know if we can really discuss it because it's not in the, in the extra packet, but I would quote it to you all um, where, where they say, Iowa City is not alone. It's part of a movement sweeping the nation today to vindicate the right to truth reparations and guarantees of non-recurrence as recognized by international human rights law. Um, it's that, and they say, let us recognize Iowa City's commission as an important opportunity that will allow community members to listen to one another, together identify structural obstacles and launch programs of transformation that advance human rights for all. The ICTRC is a key piece in that process and it deserves support, resources, and time to carry out its work. Um, coming from all across the nation, we write with deep humility and with both a strong conviction about justice and a wholehearted invitation to learn and heal together. And we sincerely hope that Iowa City will embrace healing and will take the utmost advantage of the important moment of healing that its Truth and Reconciliation Commission offers. Well, I, I too am supportive of extending the timeline, I think is many of the counselors have, have noted this is this is not an easy task uh you know i've been tracking uh the work of the trc up in minneapolis which is basically ground zero with respect to um, the events of 2020 and you know it took them it took a work group prior to the formation of the trc uh close to a year just to sort of determine what the framework might be for the TRC itself. So I, I think uh, clearly an extended time frame, uh, given the circumstances and the, and the complexity and difficulty of this commission work is, is warranted. My, my hope is that um, there, and from what I understand, um, there are conversations, critical conversations already underway in, in the community regarding this work. And I, as Councillor Weiner mentioned, uh, Eduardo Gonzalez, I believe, has offered his services to help, in my mind, I guess the way I would like to, to think of it is, is doing some of the work that was in the initial proposal, the, you know, the first task of convening and understanding. So I, I'm hopeful that that work um, will continue and that we will see uh, a proposal from the TRC. It may be a revised proposal, uh, taking into account all the conversations that have been taking place, uh, which may attempt to address better integrating with some of our existing initiatives regarding housing and policing and so forth. So I, I am hopeful that we'll be able to bridge and heal and form a connection. Um, but I, 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 and it, I'm encouraged by what I'm hearing in terms of the work of the TRC and the work of the TRC within the community with the assistance, which is now informal, uh, from those facilitators and managers of this process, which I've always felt um, was critical from the beginning. I mean, it was one reason why I supported the hiatus 
was we lost the facilitator at that time, and I was concerned with how the TRC would function without one. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what that proposal will be uh, and that it, it will reflect the fact that there have been those critical conversations in the community to address the issues that the mayor has mentioned uh, before we move forward. Yeah, I also what the mayor and Tolkien Taylor said about, of course, extending the time. Everybody said that. So this is done deal. We agree for that. But I'm um, really like reopening something we already voted down. No, I'm not going to do that uh, because nothing has been changed. My concern when I voted the outside facilitator because I work with people of color, with immigrants who really the TRC going to work with them. So if we have somebody from outside, that's not going to help because I know how those people like really need to work. They need to have somebody local. It's still, you have the budget there. We approve it. You can go ahead and advertise this. Bring, let somebody apply for it or some other organization and bring your recommendation to us again. There is no problem on that. And extending the time, we can approve that. There is no problem too. The other thing that I want to request, I know that there is confusion. I've been hearing from some TRC member that the relationship between the TRC and the council, there is confusion. You know, what they think that they can approve it, what they think that the council have to do and all this. That's why I encourage you to have all your questions ready and I encourage the council to have a joint meeting so the people can come and put their concern on the table. Uh, this is really my suggestion to the council. We need that to happen so we can clear the, you know, the confusion and uh, if they have any question, they want to address it so we can address it to them. But extending the time, yes, encourage you to go ahead and just work in the community, try advertise a position for facilitator because you need that person so you can move forward on the job. And that's it. I know that uh, the TRC has um, been, you know, looking at the charges and have been putting some wheels in motion, uh, specifically when it comes down to truth telling, uh, setting up some of that. Um, so that is encouraging that they have kind of looked at the charges and, and have been moving forward. I, I guess the last thing I will say is, um, it is true that you know the the budget has has been approved, and I would encourage the TRC to um, talk about opening up the application process again with some times and some dates, um, so that people can apply, and you can do some discussions with them. Um, the other thing that I will say, um, and, and probably my last comment is um, to every last member of the TRC, I, I want to acknowledge that I do understand um, the challenges that you all um, have expressed uh, when it comes down to your relationship as you see it with the counselors and with, you know, amongst the TRC. I do believe that there are um, some ways that we can work on communication with the TRC. 
in the past, we have had, um, and I mean, TRC members do come to who they feel comfortable with discussing. Um, if the council feels that there needs to be more involvement, which I know one of the things that we decided was we kind of wanted them to be like with kind of create a lot of things themselves, but we could appoint um, someone to be in more communication with them, um, like we did for the CPRB, have a liaison with the TRC um, that may be helpful. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I think when it comes down to just the logistics of, like, is this something that needs to come to council? Is this, you know, something that they can decide on and run with? Now, we do have Stephanie, the staff, uh, which may be sufficient for that, but um, the support is the biggest thing that I think that um, they need to, that we need to ensure that they have, as well as um, working on the relationship between um, the council and the TRC so that they can feel that there is a, at least some workable relationships personally. Um, again, I know that I've said, you know, that the community is probably a better option of moving forward, uh, re-looking re at how we move forward with the with the charges, but um, if there is no other support, of course I'm going to go forward with um, supporting the the continuance of the TRC and extending their time uh, without an issue. I think just a, a couple of things as I listen to the conversation among counselors to make sure that that we're aware that the TRC is doing, which I think has been really um, helpful to address some of the concerns, Mayor, that you've raised over over the last several months. Right after we voted down the facilitator contract, they immediately put on their agenda the discussion of kind of this rift and the need to to build relationships, repair relationships that, that you know, the concern that you brought up. And I know that they've um, been participating, they were invited to participate, and some of the members who are here tonight spoke very well on how they had the opportunity to sit in a restorative justice circle. Um, I think there were only four commissioners there. I don't think, you know, it wasn't a meeting. They didn't have a majority of the commission there. But that process, um, which was also offered to members of the Black Voices Project at the same time, um, I think that's, again, we had commissioners speak very hopefully about how they were able to see that that specific process would be something that could be helpful in carrying out their mandate, could be brought to bear in the reconciliation stage of their work. And they also have been spending a lot of time and energy on identifying community partners, those groups and organizations with whom they can collaborate so that uh, they're not reinventing the wheel and they're building relationships and reinforcing relationships um, for the truth telling, as you mentioned, but I think also with an understanding that if we you know, weren't giving staff support, are there things that, that uh, others in the community can assist with and it's been really impactful for me to hear the commissioners 
um, struggle with and talk through this question of is this better as a city commission? Should this be something that happens outside of that? And to hear them be committed to this process, to hear them be committed to sticking around, you know, despite kind of what, what I say we put them through um, is really inspiring and really speaks to hopefully the support that they feel from the wider the wider community including as Janice said the 36 individuals you know representing a variety of groups around the world who are standing with them in solidarity in their process so um, to your last point Mayor, I really do think the logistics is tough you know I hear a lot at the meetings of them kind of struggling um, saying hey Stephanie is this something that you know we can do is that something that has to happen in a meeting is this something that would have to go back before council i don't know the best way to kind of overcome that or make that smoother but i think that is a consistent issue i think it's been helpful to have a member of the city manager's office present at their last few meetings thank you jeff and redmond for attending um but you know some some way that those questions can be answered um just because it is a brand new commission and these processes haven't been you know haven't played out and they have good reason to kind of question you know whether whether something may or may not be allowed so I, I like the liaison idea or anything else that we could come up with to try and just you know empower that sort of that part of the process the mechanics of it I'll just make one last comment. Um, I'm disappointed. Um, you know, as I think a lot, as I think back on the 12 years that I've spent on council, we've accomplished a lot. And at the moment, there's two really, really big disappointments I have in my time on council. And one of them is this. Because I think we started, and, and I think the council, to some extent, uh, started with a flawed process. I think, I think we were well-intentioned. Um, and many of the people involved and, and the Iowa Freedom Riders who are very vocal and pushed us on a lot of this stuff were very much pushing us of no rules, no boundaries, let us do our own thing. And so I think in the process as we set up the TRC, we, we set it up with it being pretty wide open. And in that process, I think we put the members of the TRC at a disadvantage because they didn't have structure um, it was not an existing commission that had bylaws. A lot of the members didn't necessarily have experience working on a commission in, at all, maybe, and certainly not one um, as tough to do the work as this one. In spite of that, over the last year plus, we've managed to make a lot of progress. And a number of those people have stayed with us from the very beginning. And thank you to those who have. We had voluntary resignations. There was a forced change in leadership, but then there were voluntary resignations because of that, at least some of them, because of that forced leadership change. 
It is some of those people who voluntarily resigned who are now part of this issue of having a lack of unity within the black population of this city. I do not believe that we should be giving them the power to negatively influence the future work of the TRC. And by not approving the facilitator, I think that is exactly what we have done. When we sat here as a council and approved that budget, we all knew exactly, exactly what the intent of that vote was. The intent of that vote was to fund one specific facilitator who had applied to the RFP, who had been interviewed and recommended to us by the TRC. I will tell all of you exactly what I think. Money got in the way. And all of a sudden, people in the community saw money on the table. And that has affected how things have moved forward. All of a sudden, people didn't want to do a facilitator. And heaven forbid we do an outside facilitator who even said they were going to spend a fair amount of that money in this community hiring people to do that work in this community. They are the ones who have the national and international experience having done this work. And at the last moment, this, the majority of this council pulled the plug on the TRC. And I think that is shameful. And as an individual, I apologize to the members of the TRC. I personally wouldn't respond to that um, because I do think that your, your assumption of what happened, um, money being the gleaming reason why people from the community, not just past members of the TRC that resigned, came forth and shared their comments. I do, not, I do not believe it was because of the money. Um, they expressed themselves to this council why they had their positions. But at this point, I, I, I don't want to, you know, personally, I don't want to debate it. I think it's more advantageous for us to talk about next steps um, with the TRC. And I think that's most important at this point, at least from my vantage point. Yeah, I, I think, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, it sounded to me as if there's unanimity in being willing to extend the mandate, the, the length of the mandate. Um, I, the, in terms of ways to, ways to assist them, I like the various ideas that I'm hearing, maybe uh, a liaison might be a good idea as well as if it seems like it would be productive, a joint meeting would be fine as well. But, I, but the other thing that, that, that I'm hearing for the most part is um, we want to 
and, and also they can do a new RFP. So what, I, but I, what I'd like to just summarize is what I'm hearing for the most part is willingness to continue this experiment and support the TRC as a council and find ways to make that work better, both for them and for us. Uh, one thing I did say when we received the um, RFP from the facilitator um, that was proposal, as, I, as we were going through the presentation, it seemed to me, and I made mention of this, that had the council received that type of presentation when we were first talking about it, the creation of the TRC, we probably would have went through a series of um, questions or scenarios of what do we, how do we want to move forward with the TRC? I, I would agree that, um, you know, the TRC, if, if it is going to continue, it sounds like, um, but when it continues, are we really, have we really addressed any of the concerns? Personally, there are no concerns with the, the operations of the meetings anymore. So that's not an issue. Um, the things that they're you know requesting, they can ask for anything that they want. I think it is up to the council to really search our heart and try to understand why the request is there. Council makes a decision, and I would encourage you know the, the TRC to you know listen to every rationale from the council and either come back with a different proposal or if that's the proposal you want, you know, go for it. You know, continue to talk about it. Um, but if we continue the TRC, you know, do we need to do anything else? Do we as a council need any more discussion on what their charges are? We, heard, we you know, the interesting piece is at one point I thought, we didn't give we weren't prescriptive enough to the trc and then i thought we need to be more prescriptive and then eduardo gonzalez said that what we gave them was perfect that we didn't need anything more and the charges in the resolution to the trc so if that is enough and then we're gonna not add anything or give any more direction I guess the council just has to be comfortable or has to at least understand that something might else come up and that's fine. And again, I tell the TRC they can ask for whatever they want at the end of the day. Just know that it's, you know, you know, make your point to the council and the council has to make a decision. Um, but that's the question that I will ask the council. Is there anything else that we feel that we need to um, navigate um, otherwise, everything will be the same, except there potentially will, will be some additional facilitators or however that looks. I think we have that question for the TRC, not even for the council. Because the TRC is the one who have concern, and we need to see what their concern is. And also, we are just now spending a lot of time talking about something already we voted down on it. And we bring it again and again and make an assumption about a lot of things. We don't need to do that. I guess now we need to move forward. Okay, what are we going to do? What their demand is? 
Do we need to meet with them and figure out that? Do we need to have an option of laser and go and become like somebody go regulate with their meeting from the council? Maybe that's not something they don't want it. Even if we just said, okay, we want one of the council to go there, same thing like the police review board, maybe the TRC doesn't want that. They don't want it because they don't feel comfortable one of them sitting there. That's why I think meeting with the TRC and ask them what they need is the better thing to do before we decide anything. What, and and I'll, I'll just mention, you're, I think you're exactly right. I think the TRC, they know that they can you know, present whatever they want. And it'd be up to them if they want to do that. The last thing I might add is joint meetings typically um, is before something is voted down, uh, is when we would bring on a commission. Um, this is just a, this here is just a general conversation um, that I believe that, that we needed to have as a council. Um, but if the TRC requested a joint meeting, I think, you know, that would, I would assume that by the comments here, everybody would agree to a joint meeting. And I believe that that would be at the request of the TRC if they should want to do that. Okay, then. Any other items on this? Mayor, can I just uh, uh, ask for one point of clarification? It does sound like there's a clear majority that want to see the time extended. We do have a recommendation from the TRC. Uh, that'll be coming your way. Um, are, are, are you all comfortable with staff just turning that into the necessary resolution in order to extend that time period. We can do that pretty quick. Yeah, I am comfortable. Okay, so yes. we'll do that. We won't wait for the next meeting for you to direct us to that. We'll just start on that process now. Yep. I, I, I did hear, and I just want to make sure that council is comfortable. I, I heard uh, Councillor Teller talk about, t mention, you know, kind of a, a list of what's going to be done, um, but I also heard Eduardo Gonzalez say the charges were appropriate. Um, so are we comfortable just extending the time? I'm assuming that it's probably a year. Yeah, you know, my two cents on this. Um, there's so much unknown with the challenges ahead, you know, the, the scope that's ahead. It's going to be nearly impossible for the TRC to know exactly when the appropriate end date is. Um, and I think it would be, you know, a best guess. I think that's probably what they did as a best guess on the time frame they'll need. But as they get into the truth-telling process and they begin to explore um, programs that may emerge from that, you've got to expect that it, it, you could have some detours along the way. So I, I just, um, I'd, I'd hesitate to have you request a strict calendar be, because this is uncharted territory and I think it's I think it's a big ask to, to ask them to pinpoint exactly where they'll be three months from now, six months from now, or a year from now. I think you extend it the roughly year that they've requested, but you have to know that that's a best guess and it may, we may need to be flexible in extending it again down the road sometime. Yeah. I, I just have a question. Maybe for Eric, I don't know. If the TRC was working and they need more time after these extensions, they always can come back to us, right? And we can extend the time. Yes, it would, uh, <clears throat> if, if you were to amend the present resolution, which has hard dates for completion, uh, to um, another uh, schedule, which also contains hard dates for completion, if, as Jeff suggests, 
they need more time and so forth, they can just come forth to you, see if it's okay with you, and we extend it or do whatever is necessary to accommodate uh, their wishes if it's in accordance with the majority of the council will. Yeah, after this extension also, they can yes, still that's come right. back. Okay, that's yeah. what I wanna know. So it does sound like we can probably just do an amendment to the current. That we can, sorry? We can probably do an amendment to the current resolution. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, any other? <clears throat> yeah, I would just make one, I guess, final comment or question. Mayor, you brought up the issue of kind of where, where the TRC goes from here. And I, I mean, as I've listened, and Pauline has talked about, you know, kind of an agenda and plan, to me, that seems like something we had always thought, you know, a facilitator could be of assistance in building some of those things out. And in the conversation today, I think we still have heard various counselors at times talking about the benefit of and helpfulness of a facilitator. And the comment has been made about maybe the TRC doing a new RFP. And when I think about that, I, I just don't understand why. I mean, again, there was, there was nothing, I don't recall anything negative being said about the facilitator that the TRC had selected. And so to me, what you're asking them now to do is go back and potentially do a new RFP because they need a facilitator. And they already chose probably the best one there is. And we approved the money for it. I, I hear what so you're again, saying. So again, I'm gonna finish. Yeah, and so again, ahead. to me, it comes back to that money of the issue of an out-of-town, out-of-state company who, when that question was brought up and that concern about the money all going out to them, said, we're gonna spend a lot of that money here hiring people here to do a lot of the work on the ground. My concern is the TRC is now left with no choice but to potentially hire a second-rate consultant, somebody who does not really have that kind of national and international experience in helping a TRC. And that's, I think that's a real shame. Okay. They need a facilitator and they need a, they need a facilitator and they need a really good one if we want them to do the best work possible. At the end of the day, I think it is the best for our community. What is work for the community, what does not. If the community and the people of color who this has been like created for them, they think that this is the outsider is not going to work then that's it i really you know uh, don't really care if that one is outside or not but when i found out the one that inside like the local one will be helpful for our people and make uh, you know the work easy for them to participate and uh, collecting that i'm gonna go with that definitely and that's what we think. And I, I still think we are giving this a lot of time. You, we, we have to move on this. You have a time now has been extend, extended. You still can come back to us if you need more time. So fig, figure <coughs> out and like put the advertising there for another facilitator to apply and just get your facilitator. That's what I think. Uh, and I, I'm gonna say it again. Uh, I'm not changing my position about the outside facilitator. I'm not gonna be here, but that's what my position is. Even if they come 
back to us again with the same facility the next month my vote will be the same because the concern is not being resolved my concern why should i change my mind on the same issue that i raise is not change so i really think we need to move on this we don't have to talk a lot about this maybe later if it come back you guys can talk about it oh, oh counselor i just have a quick comment towards what Councillor Mims had said and, and and I am so hoping that your choice of words wasn't what you really meant when you referred to other facilitators as perhaps second rate. Mm -hmm. I think that's very offensive. I'm sure that there are other facilitators out there perhaps just didn't have a chance to apply but I think that was a very poor choice of words. It was not meant to insult anybody, but I have not heard or seen of anybody in this community that has the national and international experience. Because you don't, we, you don't know that. There is many as people I just in this said, community. As good. I just said, I have not heard of, and none of them chose to apply to that RFP. So, still you don't know. Yep. So uh, I think that the charges to um, the TRC is... There'll be extended time if they want to reach out for a joint meeting or any other questions they can consult, they can uh, request it of council. Um, the last thing that I will say is that, you know, the TRC has been in the joint meeting before. Um, they also was there the night when we had the vote. I would say, listen to what counselors have said. And when you're in your deliberations, just, you know, keep that in mind. Any other, any other thing on this? Uh, just a Point of point of clarification, Mayor. Um, on the it, it, maybe this is a question for staff. They we went through this you know kind of complicated procurement process with the RFP the first time around to get to this contract where it had to be you know uh, posted for a certain amount of time. There's restrictions on communication with people once they you know put their application in. We don't have to go through that same process, correct? No, that's that's our typical staff process for professional services that we would normally follow. Um, but you know, have you recall that the first facilitator you approved was approved without any process at all? So, as as the elected leaders of the community, you can you know approve a contract that comes to you for for from any variety of of processes. So it could be uh, a sole source, someone that has uh, expertise. Uh, in this in this manner um, they could do an abbreviated RFP in which we shorten the time frame uh, maybe uh, loosen up some of the requirements I think we could work with the TRC as staff to to craft a facilitator process uh, if they want to go down that path again okay I just wanted to clarify that because I don't want them to be left with the understanding that we're saying go figure it out and start from scratch on what is a several month process to you know potentially get yeah I think I think the biggest thing is if if there are going to be hard requirements from the, the council on a facilitator it's good to get that up front whether that requires a joint meeting and a discussion or not but the last thing last thing I want to do is um, have staff help them through an abbreviated RFP process um, only to come back to council and and for the council to say well, the process wasn't didn't follow the standard protocol. We, we, you know, some people might not have been aware of the opportunity. Let's restart. I mean, so if if there are going to be hard requirements on on a on a process, it's it's best that that come out sooner rather than later. 
I guess the question is to council, do we have any hard set requirements that we want to give for the for the just the process of them obtaining a facilitator? Well, from what I'm hearing, uh, local participation is clearly an issue. So I would, you know, and there are, in my work, um, back in the Bay Area, there, there would be local participation requirements in the proposals. So, I mean, the, and these are things that can be discussed, right? I mean, I, I view this proposal that we voted down as simply the proposal before us. I'm expecting that there will be a subsequent proposal. I'm hopeful of that, and it will better articulate and respond to the concerns that were raised and have, have been raised tonight. Mm -hmm. I also and, agree that it's local. I, I guess my question is just um, that would it be acceptable to members to end up with sort of a hybrid version of like someone, a, uh, a local a lo local people partnering with someone who's not local. I, I think that's a very reasonable, I mean, as, as Susan has said, there, there are certain aspects of this that I think our choices are limited. But I do think that that consultant can partner uh, with, with the local expertise that can help with some of the public process, the mediation, you know, ways in which they're the interface with the community applying this process that's outlined in the proposal uh, would be implemented. And who those groups are that need to be contacted and so forth. I mean, I think there's a, another layer of information that could be uh, incorporated into this proposal so that it may, uh, you know, I would expect address some of the objections to what we saw previously. And as far as timing or postage, um, do we have any hard requirements there, or do we just leave that up to the commission to, you know, have that discussion? And I think we leave it up to them. I think I, we voted first, favorably their first proposal, which had no process, okay. and then we voted, you know, to fund the second one, which had a very extensive process. So I think they can. Okay. It's, uh, there's a majority for that. Yes. All right, anything else? Okay. Anything else? Counselors? Okay, no. awesome, great. We will move on to the next agenda item, which is clarification of agenda items. Mm -hmm. And thanks to all the commissioners that are here today from the TRC. Thing. Which ones are we are we are we looking? Oh, at? the that formal agenda oh, first. The formal agenda. Okay. Yep. Actually, Mayor, I think I did. I had a question just on the re-precincting issue. Um, I don't know. That's in our consent agenda. Mm. Right? Yeah, setting setting a public hearing. hearing. Setting, okay. And I think the idea is we'd be collapsing everything into one. So I'd like to maybe have a little bit of discussion, which we can do during consent agenda, on that. But just to flag that. 
Sounds great. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. We, we probably have time to have a discussion now if that would be helpful. We, we can certainly wait, but if, if there's questions, do you want us to explain kind of what, what the process has been to get us to this point and what it looks like going forward? Would that be helpful before you set the public hearing? I think that would be yeah, helpful. Yeah, I think it would be. Yep. Okay. Eric, do you want to take, sure. take this one? And so as council is probably aware, uh, the timeline is quite a bit tighter this year than uh, it would have been in prior decades uh, following the census because the census was so very late this year. Um, <clears throat> We have a, a rather short window of 60 days uh, from uh, when the governor signed uh, the uh, statute that approved the House and Senate, the state House and Senate districts. Uh, and that deadline is now uh, January 3rd of, uh, well, next January 3rd. Um, in the meantime, uh, we've had to uh, be involved in the process of, uh, you know, drawing maps. Um, and, and to be clear, what we're talking about are, are two aspects of the maps. One is the number of precincts and identifying and uh, delineating the precincts. That is just where people vote. It's nothing more than that, where their polling place is. Uh, and the second is identifying uh, the districts. Uh, of course, Iowa City has three, of which we have three uh, councilors who are, uh, uh, are elected. Um, and, and so it's those two things that we're hoping to identify and formalize uh, with new maps, uh, again, that needs to be completed by January 3rd. Uh, what we decided to do on the staff level is that when the county uh, offered to uh, do that work for us, we said, yes, please. Um, they indicated that they were already trained on the software and they had the data from the census and so forth to uh, try to uh, develop precincts for us uh, right now there are 24 will because of growth will be going to 27 because no precinct can be more than 3,500 people. Uh, we want to stay well below that of course for voting efficiency to make sure that people don't encounter lines uh, when they're uh, going to their polling place to vote. Uh, the county was kind enough to do that. They uh, came up with uh, three different maps which focused on different things. Um, ultimately, we, uh, at, at the staff level, uh, decided to recommend uh, a revised Plan C uh, to council members uh, because it uh, focused uh, on kind of balancing the population of each, as opposed to some of the others which focused on voting turnout trends, I believe, uh, and I think others focused on, help me if I'm wrong, Kelly, about the uh, precinct polling places or something was one of the other ones. Uh, we thought the balance of uh, population made the most sense. Um, and anyway, so they uh, presented uh, plans A, B, and C, and then presented revised A and revised C that had some technical corrections that the county identified and wanted to do. Um, and upon looking at those at the staff level, we decided, boy, uh, plan revised C looked best to us, again, because of the balance of the population uh, between the precincts. And, and also, I'm sorry, for the district part, uh, that is districts A, B, and C for the county, I'm sorry, for the city, uh, the C most closely tracked the present delineation of those three uh, districts, and so we thought that made uh, the most sense as well. Um, 
that now comes to, oh, I'm sorry, last thing is we have to uh, present the county uh, commissioner, and in that case, that's the county auditor and his staff. Um, tra Travis uh, was indicating he might be here this evening. I don't yet see him, but maybe he'll be appearing uh, at our meeting later. Um, at any rate, he uh, approved uh, this afternoon um, of the revised Plan C, which of course makes sense. It's his staff that wrote it. Uh, we thought it made most sense to have an outside entity with kind of no dog in any fight um, uh, draw the, uh, the maps. And uh, so approving uh, of those uh, went pretty easily. And to be clear, they need to be given seven to 10 days to comment and to provide written comment on the maps. They do not have ultimate approval authority. Uh, that's you uh, as a council who have the ultimate authority to approve it, but we do have to give them the opportunity to make written comments. And if you reject their comments, we need to specify in the ordinance why it is that we diverged from what they had suggested. Um, so that's kind of the process here, which kind of brings us to uh, Laura's question about collapse and, and the issue that Jeff raised in the uh, packet. Um, you know, of course, normally with an ordinance, you have three readings. It is often the case that we uh, collapse readings two and three uh, to save time and, and effectuate the ordinance quicker. Um, here, we're really up against it. Um, we can do a, a meeting, uh, that is, we would have uh, the first reading presumably on uh, December 14th uh, after the public hearing that you'll um, presumably be setting later in the meeting. And we can schedule an additional uh, special meeting to have uh, readings uh, two and three if the council chooses to do that. And of course, also votes to collapse um, readings two and three. But state law certainly allows you uh, to collapse <clears throat> all three, that is to do it all in, in one meeting. Uh, I know it is not the custom and practice of this council to do so. Many other councils do that fairly routinely. Uh, but it seems like if we're going to do uh, something like that, this would probably be the time to do it. Again, because we're up against such a tight time frame. Um, and, and, you know, this only happens once every 10 years. So I don't think it, you know, opens Pandora's box insofar as doing this on a regular basis. Uh, that's what I've, I, those are the things that immediately spring to mind to let you know, but I'm happy to either have Jeff or Kelly pipe in and add or uh, answer any questions council may have. Thanks for that explanation. I have a question just in how you describe that process. So the auditor presents three different maps and then we pick one or do they make a recommendation or how do we know of like all the factors that balance into it, population, sure. polling places, like how do we know what's the best one? Right, to be clear, it's not like they're required to present three maps, they just happen to present three. Okay. And in presenting those uh, to uh, the city manager, city clerk and myself, they said, here's A, here's how we got to A, we're focusing on you know, this one factor and again, I'm gonna get B and, or A and B uh, mixed up. Maybe Kelly can help me out by pulling up that email as I'm talking. Uh, you know, and then and C was the balanced of population. <coughs> That's the one we thought ultimately was the best. Um, I'm sorry, the second part of your question is who, who approves? That's do they, you. Do oh, they sorry? recommend, like, we're giving oh. you three options, but here's what we think is best based on whatever. Uh, not that I recall. I think they gave us three and, and kind of let us know how they got to those three or, or what each kind of prioritized. 
and then uh, we at the staff level discussed it quite a bit and, and figured that C was probably the best insofar as planning for growth and voting efficiency and, and, and those kind of things. And so that's how we came to um, C. Okay. Yeah, we, we operated under the assumption that any one of the three would be workable for the county. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given us A, B, or C. So what, one other thing is that ultimately, you know, we approve, uh, we, the council, uh, approve the map and then we send it to uh, the Secretary of State. Um, they have to sign off as well. In fact, 10 years ago, there were some mistakes made in the legal descriptions, of, which are lengthy, uh, for each of the soon to be 27 precincts that are drawn. They identified some errors. They sent it back to us. City Council had to uh, approve some corrections and so forth. But um, hopefully we'll uh, avoid that step this time. So just to be clear to myself, so, th so this means that um, we will be we will receive the the three alternatives the revised plan c will be presented as the recommended alternative if that's what you'd like yes in and kelly's been kind enough to find the email um so here are the three plans that they presented to us plan a focuses on clear lines while taking into account election turnout and polling location proximity <clears throat> Plan B was structured around existing polling places, and Plan C creates population balance between precincts and within house districts. So those were the kind of, again, they were all compliant plans. I mean, they're all, you know, we could accept any of them, but those were the priorities uh, that they had uh, utilized in formulating each of those three uh, plans. So back to your question. I mean, yeah, that's entirely up to council. We, we could, at that meeting, choose another plan than the one recommended by staff. You could. The, um, I'm trying to think procedurally <laughs> what would happen from there. Um, I mean, each of them you know, were drafted by uh, the county auditors, so I would assume the county auditor's approval would come swiftly, but I'm trying to think if we would need to send it back to them uh, to ensure, probably, um, and that would be a bit of a constraint would, uh, on timing. Uh, we could do it. Uh, would it but, also maybe be possible? I'm sorry for the interruption, but it also sure. maybe be possible to confirm before the meeting if we would if we would be getting two or three plans that they would be in agreement with any of the as long as we didn't like mess around with them right. that they that any of those three plans would be compliant and they would approve we could probably seek that pre-approval if that's council's wish I think it would be not that I necessarily at this point want to have any extra meetings and as we go into the holidays I'm sure nobody does but it would seem like it'd be nice for us to see those ASAP so that we could you know individually communicate back to the mayor or whatever of whether we felt we needed to have a meeting to dis an extra meeting to discuss those before we actually come in and vote because as you said this is pretty unheard of us to uh, collapse all three votes into one and so I I just feel like and like you said this is a 10-year process I mean we set these these lines for the next 10 years so I feel like it's pretty important that we have a chance to take a look at them and discuss them um, 
with ample time, and I know there's not much, so ample, <laughs> ample isn't a whole lot here, but with the opportunity to, to really look at those, I mean, I would certainly hope that one of the three we would be comfortable with, but at least have some discussion of it before we come into a meeting with the idea that we're going to have to collapse all three votes into one. Sure. Uh, we could certainly do that. And what I would probably want to do is send it with a cover memo uh, reminding council of the factors that they can and cannot consider mm -hmm. um, in determining their maps. That would be very helpful. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, that uh, Councilor Mims, because I, I was a little uncertain if at that meeting um, we're just going to get presented the res resolution that's approving Plan C, say. And maybe there, there won't be two separate resolutions, one approving Plan A, one approving Plan C, and then we as a group decide which one we wanted. It sounded more like it was just going to be this or nothing. So uh, I, I think that's good I, to see. I think that would be really helpful. I would agree with Councilor Mims if everyone can, you know, send your thoughts. My question would be what would trigger an extra meeting? Would it be... I I, I think maybe, I don't know, this is my idea. If we, for example, choose on something, not the staff, like for example, the staff is now saying C, for example, if we choose B or A, and we decide to modify it a little bit, that's have to go back to the county, right? Yeah, if we, if we modified it in any way, I think under the statute, we would need to send it back to the county. They would get seven to 10 days to provide written comment. Yeah, that's which is going to take time. And uh, to me personally, I I look at another plan than the staff, but I think it needs to be modified a little bit. I have concern for the plan that I have in mind, but it needs also to modify it. I don't know the others. But that's why I think we need to work on this as soon as possible if we really want to vote on the, on the 14th of December. Just hearing that if, if um, and the potential of counselors having a different option than C, I think we should plan a, a different meeting. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be right for me to get <laughs> and, and try to navigate that without it being public. Um, do we, are people, I'm seeing some shaking of heads. Yes. So do we want to look at, um, we can probably do it the first week uh no we can do it either the first or the second week in december the first is the end of the first kind of maybe oh well, next week that's this week <laughs> that's next week. that's this week yeah maybe the end of next week i don't know the others but so, so are you seeking like a, a work session yeah. uh a special work session to to talk through the three Yes. I think so. Yes. Yeah, and I think it would be really useful, at least from my perspective, if we could have representatives of the auditor's office there, mm -hmm. as well as staff, to, to help us work through that. Exactly. If we can ask them to be there, because, for example, we, if we want to modify something, maybe that cannot be happening or something like that. If we can invite them, it would be great. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the county's been great. I mean, they've really been very accommodating, and they've asked us, you know, repeatedly, do you have everything you need? Is there anything else you need from us? They, they've been wonderful to work with. Can I make a proposal mm -hmm. uh, for Tuesday, January 4th at 8 a.m.? 
That's too early. Too no, that's, that's too early. Late. That's too, too late. late. That's got to be in the next week. Got to be in the next week. He was there what? Has to be before the third. Are you talking about December instead of January? You said oh. December fourth. <laughs> December fourth. I am so sorry. Oh. No, that's December fourth. December fourth. Next Tuesday is December seventh. December seventh. Yes. I'm sorry. This calendar wrong. Yes. I think that's would that's be good for me. Works for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which day? Uh, December seventh. Mm -hmm. Works for me. Uh, Tuesday, December seventh at eight a.m. I had it on the calendar as a city council meeting anyway. <laughs> but it would be in the morning. Yeah. Okay. It, what time? 8 a.m. 8 a.m. That works yeah. for me. Work yep. for me, too. Yeah. That make it work for you guys. Okay. All right. It's pretty important. That's a 10-year. <laughs> yeah. So um, 8 a.m. on the 7th? Yes. Okay. All right. Any other uh, items for clarification? We're going to move on to info packet November 18th. So, so I'm a little bit confused about what we need to be doing with respect to IP2. which is the, the sort of the uh, a series of memos, the Historic Preservation Commission from the city manager, from the downtown district, oh, right. with, res with respect to um, whether some, like some clear guidelines could be set for opting in, opting out of historic preservation and so forth. So I'm, so I'm sort of not quite clear what, what we're being asked to do there. Well, part of the recommendation, there's multiple recommendations in the memo from the Historic Preservation Commission. Um, uh, a component of those recommendations is to establish com commercial um, design guidelines for historic properties. Um, that's something that we have for our residential properties, um, but we don't have that for commercial um, and thus we default to federal standards, which can be somewhat inflexible at times and, and, and maybe um, insensitive, for lack of a better term, to, to re modern retail needs. So, you know, I hope the memo is clear. Staff doesn't, um, uh, doesn't dispute that that would be very nice to have and, and, and uh, um, would be beneficial to have that. I think if we could snap our fingers and have that done, um, that would be great. But the reality of it is that's a significant undertaking. That's a that's an 18 to 24 month undertaking, major consultant work, um, you know, just as the historic designation itself of the downtown district took three to four years, this is going to take several years. Um, my concern is simply our capacity to do so in light of everything else that, that we have going on right now. And uh, you know, this council's been pretty clear as we've had some controversial developments that, that you expect to see some, some updates to our comp plan, our district plan. Um, we know that we have huge lift ahead of us with all the ARPA and the federal dollars coming that we have to have staff to administer those programs. It all falls largely on that same department, Neighborhood and Development Services. Um, I, can't, I can't sit where I'm at today and justify us prioritizing that over everything else that has been asked of of that work group and uh that's that's my that's my concern um i what i tried to show in the memo is is how we have uh, um i think successfully worked with property owners over the last decade 
uh, to achieve local landmarks and, and to reinvest in uh, commercial buildings through TIF, through zoning uh, incentives, um, and, and through other, and other programs. And I think you know, the numbers speak for themselves in, in that memo. Um, but it, it would be it would be nice to have. But at at some point, council, you're they're going to have to you're going to have to prioritize for us. Uh, you're going to have to look at all these requests that you've gotten uh, in terms of, of of planning work to be done, and prioritize because these aren't these aren't simple things. And, and you know, you just you just pass both the fringe area agreement and the South District um, plan, um, the the form based code. Both of those are multiple year efforts. I think you have an idea of just how extensive the work is that, that goes into these types of matters. Yeah, I, I guess my question was, are there, how, how, how extensive a project do you think it would be to, to sort of put in like in one place where it's easily accessible, current incentives, current, um, current possibilities? And I mean, you did speak in the memo of the possibility of looking into a revolving loan, which is one of the things they proposed. But, not to create anything new, but just sort of have, and maybe it already exists, I don't know, but sort of to have it as a easily in one place. If, if like I'm a, I'm a downtown and yeah. I'm interested in this, I can, I can go one of the following five routes. We can, we can certainly aim to make that a little clearer. I mean, we, we have the, the zoning code, which has a lot of the incentives in, you know, embedded in that. We have our TIF policy, which speaks very directly to historic properties. We could, we could try to package that in a, in a, a one-page type of um, offering to commercial property owners that may be eligible. That's uh, certainly something we can do. I think, you know, in, in conversations with the downtown district, uh, I think we're going down that path with cafe regulations and maybe a couple other things too, in which it's just not uh, super clear and accessible what all the regulations may be, um, even though they may be publicly available in some way, shape, or form. So, yes, we could... Um, we could do that with little effort. That was sort of my takeaway is what might be really helpful. Well, just to be sort of reference the, the um, Historic Preservation Commission motion, if I, have, if I have the correct document here, it was to ask the city council, and this was approved by HVC, to direct staff to research the attached framework explore other opt-in incentives that align with these proposals and goals, and turn them into policy pr proposals that appropriate city commissions and city council can later review. Um, you know, I, I certainly support that. I don't know exactly, you know, I, I think as the question of staffing to me is somewhat separate from that. You know, how, if, if we agree the work needs to be done what 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 are the what are the various ways in which the staffing can be provided to do the work is it city staff is it the downtown district or some combination is it an outside consultant working with the downtown district um, there seem to be a number of different ways in which uh, the work could be accomplished from a staffing standpoint um, at least to me um, and you know, from what I understand, a lot of work went into getting to this point. And so I'm, you know, concerned with uh, what message that sends to the people who did the work and, and to, to then see that uh, it's, you know, maybe moving forward in one respect or another, but um, 
not in its as intended. So I, I just don't want to, I want to, I would like to see further conversation on this in terms of um, how we can move this forward. Maybe there are priorities within the scope that is discussed within the historic preservation motion. Uh, I don't know, but it, it, I, I'm concerned with the idea that we just uh, basically say we, we're not moving forward with this uh, as outlined by the motion. I would agree with you uh, by what you read. It seems to me that it's significant enough to uh, further discussion. Um, what would it entail as far as to accomplish that? Um, you mentioned, you know, staff, downtown district, um, consultant. Um, I, I think that the discussion will probably naturally um, give some great options of what might be the best solution. So I'll be open to having a conversation further. One of the things that that I would recommend, and you know, obviously I'll be gone soon, but one thing we've heard repeatedly from the city manager is that consultants don't necessarily mean less work for staff because they have to spend a lot of time interacting with them and oversight and giving, getting, gathering and giving them the information that they need to, to do a lot of their work. So that doesn't entirely diminish, you know, the amount of work that staff needs to do. Um, in the, I missed Jeff getting his 10-year certificate uh, the last meeting, but in the 10 years I've known Jeff, you know, I have a great deal of respect for, for his judgment and his analysis of um, the staff load and the staff capabilities. And so when he says, you know, that we don't really have the capacity to do this uh, with our current staff and is not willing to push them further in terms of their load, I, I take that with a great deal of respect and belief. And lastly, we have a lot of commissions out there and it is their job to look at and advocate for their particular area. So whether that's parks and rec, whether that's human resources, whether that's historic preservation, whether that's HCDC, I expect that every one of them will look at and analyze and push forward things that um, they believe are in the best interest of this community and should move forward. That does not mean that the city has the capacity to do all of those things or to do all of them at that time that they push them forward. And so I think it's important that we take that into account and certainly if the decision is to either do only part of this or to do none of this at the moment, is to communicate back to them and say, we hear you, we believe in this, um, this is important, but when we fit it into, uh, you know, trying to do the form-based code in the next part of town or form-based code downtown or whatever it might be, um, we can't necessarily take every recommendation from every commission and move forward on it instantaneously. And I think we have to respect the judgment of the city manager of kind of how we put those things forward. And so when we look at our seven priorities, you know, our strategic priorities, um, you know, from climate action to all the others, um, 
we've got our staff doing a lot, so I think you just have to take that into account as we move forward. Yeah, I, I think maybe if we can frame it for communicating with the commission as what we can do, right? I think it sounds like from what you're saying, Jeff, the, the lift of these historic preservation design standards for for commercial properties downtown is that's the really big one. Is that right? Like that's the kind of the scary one? Correct, yes. Okay. And so, you know, really making sure we emphasize, but the, the smaller things, here's what we're intending to do. And and I don't want them to hear this as a no never. You know, but right now, given capacity, here's what we can do. And I think what, what Janice said of, you know, making sure we're really communicating clearly, because you, you said in the memo, and I know this is true, that you are eager to work with individual property owners. Well, how does an individual property owner know what those incentives might be when there's not, if, if it's kind of buried in the code, you know, or, or, or they have to look at a few different places. So I think some marketing on this and hopefully the downtown district, you know, could help package and sell that so to speak as well would be good so on one level the commission themselves can maybe have further discussion and maybe present something to us some thoughts well, I think there's a couple options. I mean, if you want to schedule a work session and discuss it amongst yourself in greater detail, you certainly could. Um, you know, you're getting into a season in which you're going to, you know, be sifting through a 800, 900 page budget and, and getting back into strategic planning. So the first three or four months of, of, the, of the calendar year are typically pretty darn busy for council and, and your work session time. But you could you could put it on your pending list and you could schedule it as as urgently as you as you saw fit. Um, probably a greater discussion, and I was thinking that this would come into the strategic planning is is the overall prioritization. Like you know, step back up and take that macro level view of all the things that that you would like to see done from a planning basis. You know, whether it is more form based codes. Uh, whether it's things we've put on kind of the back burner, uh, like the Northside Market Master Plan uh, parking study that was discussed a while back, um, and and kind of give us a, a macro level priority list uh, based on a number of the things that we're juggling. Um, you know, I mentioned in the memo, we, we'd really like to analyze our code uh, more closely for affordable housing purposes, for climate change purposes. Those are all things that just that just take time and and you know, how much can we squeeze through the funnel? That's that's probably where it's most valuable. So I would encourage that that higher level perspective as opposed to picking one item like these guidelines and really digging deep into that. Fair enough. Well, what are thoughts doing the, I know that next year is gonna be pretty busy starting out. I mean, yeah, I, I think what count what what Laura said makes sense. I mean, I, and I like just the idea of like if it's possible, if it's not time intensive, just to essentially put together a one page cheat sheet. You know, here's where to find these things in the code, um, and this is what we can do right now. We don't have the capacity to do more, but here's we, we've gradually been chipping away on our pen, our pending list. So I think I mean that was a, a good suggestion. I think too is perhaps at some point add it to our pending list and, and actually have it as a topic of discussion. We can have it on the pending list, but I also would agree that um, maybe there can be some conversation about um, some advertisement or 
I imagine this isn't just a unique issue for this commission. Um, it's, it's probably for other city programs, how to reach the people that, you know, would be of interest. So, <clears throat> so we'll put it on the pending list. You want just the historic preservation, basically this memo reposted on a future pending list? Okay. Could we in the meantime, or, or I don't know, are we in agreement on <clears throat> directing staff to just try and package the existing stuff a little more concisely so we don't have to wait for? Well, I, I personally would like uh, the downtown district and staff and HBC or representative of HBC uh, to follow up on, on this and see what, what's the strategy here? How, how can we satisfy the concerns of the, what, what are our options in terms of satisfying the concerns and a sense of urgency that I was hearing from the downtown district? Uh, short of, I mean, I just, you know, how, how can we move forward, acknowledge the staffing concerns with the city, um, but also acknowledge you know the effort that has been been done by the downtown district and HBC to reach this point and and s see what the again what the, what's the work plan um, for achieving the objectives or outlined as just a framework right so it it does there's a lot of flexibility in what that framework would entail um, you know kind of a schedule of of which items should be prioritized if possible. Well, I won't be here. I, again, yeah. I would urge you to consider what Jeff just said. You're going into strategic planning. And you know, you've got to give staff direction for the next two years of what your, as a council, what your priorities are. And so before starting forward on something like this, why not make that a part of your whole strategic plan and see where this fits into it? And yeah, maybe it rises to the top mm -hmm. and maybe it doesn't, but to be pushing this forward now, when in say two months, you're gonna be in the middle of doing strategic plan and maybe this doesn't come to the top. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You're kind of getting the cart before the horse. So I would encourage you to wait until you do your strategic plan before you move forward on this memo. That makes sense to me. So I wanna just make sure, cause I, I'm kinda sensing that the majority of council wants to go forth with a strategic plan, macro level, and then from there we'll I mean, this memo will be in our mind when we're having that discussion. Mm -hmm. And then just to uh, Burgess point, um, my assumption is, I, I mean, I, you know, how do we get the information to the people that need it? Um, maybe that is a question that staff just kind of gripe with, you know, downtown district as well as with the commissioners. Yeah, I really don't think the, the council has to be involved in that piece. We, we've got a really good working relationship with, with Nancy and the staff in the downtown district. We, we can 
um, you know, facilitate the targeted communication piece. Like I said, I think we've we've got a history of doing that fairly well, um, and it's been brought to our attention that that this is a gap, and we we can address that. Sound like council is okay with that. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else on this on November eighteenth? Yeah, I just wanted to make a very positive note about IP3, which is the energy grant program expansion. Um, I thought we got some good good uh, applications the first time. I'm really happy to see it being expanded. That's it. I'll make mention of IP4, which is City Receives Perfect Score for LGBTQ Inclusion from Human Rights uh, Campaign. And so this, I believe, is our, or Stephanie's already gone, um, maybe our sixth or seventh year in a row. All right, moving on to no November 24th. I just have living sitting here for the city council and the TFF meeting is scheduled. Can you use your mic? Oh, it's not? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just talking about the meeting is scheduled. Maybe this is a typo, not like next meeting is 5.30 p.m. I don't think so, right? Yeah, so it's it's been uh, customary that we do a, a, a reception for outgoing council members before the last meeting. So our our plan was to do that at four o'clock, um, which would just be again a, a reception here at the senior center uh, for the public to thank you, thank Susan for your service to the community, and then we would resume. We would start the work session at five thirty. That's. And the meeting would be six or it would the meeting be would seven? still be six. So essentially we would have no regular work session topic. You could okay. work through clarification of agenda items and IP from five thirty to, you know, four till <clears throat> or whatever it takes. If no. if you'd like an adjustment to that, though we can we can certainly adjust that. <laughs> no, I guess <just> asking. <laughs> yeah, it was in Odebla, that's why. All right. So are we on the 24th now or where are we? November 24th, IP. Yeah, so I, uh, on November 24th, IP3, I just wanted to suggest um, one, one item fell off and I'm not sure why, which uh, I don't think we've ever discussed lost. I th I'd like to see it go back on our work agenda because there, that we seem to have gained some consensus with the larger community about early childhood education and other similar things. So I'm not sure where that, how that fell off. Um, I'd love to add, be able to add a couple of others, one of which is us discussing a, a land acknowledgement and um, one, one of, and then adding a, a discussion, I guess, in the new year about ac accessibility of meetings, especially looking at what we don't know about the next variant that's coming along. and just have to get about two other counselors i would agree i'm good with those yep. all right so we'll put those on the pending list okay. anything else from november 24th all right council updates on assigned boards commissions and committees I would just say Jack has met, um, will be approving the budget uh, in December, and uh, the, that has gone down from last year. Last year was a big increase because of some new contracts on radios and stuff. Um, but it continues, I think, to be really, real well managed by Tom Jones and his group out there. Um, 
and I think always looking at new ways in terms of doing the dispatch um, and certainly they are a very necessary partner as we look at you know trying to facilitate some moving a lot of those 911 calls away from the police department and to other um, agencies um, and just today um, I was in the car and had NPR on and they were talking about how a number of cities across the country they were focusing on Atlanta but mentioned a number of others who are doing the same thing one thing that was interesting and I don't know if I'll just mention this to you Jeff what they were doing was they were using a 311 number and the 311 call was for more like um, mental health, substance abuse, but the kinds of things where we would see like mobile crisis or that kind of organization going rather than the police dispatch. And so I'm not sure what mobile crisis uses for a number, but they were you know, using a three digit number that was just be really easy for people to learn and know um, for that requesting that kind of a dispatch rather than police. So I thought that was interesting. I heard, I heard a similar story about Austin, um, Texas, which has basically they've it's now trifurcated. They they all use 911, but the but the dispatch has been trained to ask sort of a, a really quick series of questions to determine which what should be dispatched. So. Um, yeah, and I uh, partic was participating in that, and also today for a chunk <coughs> of the day, uh, East ECOG, the East Central Iowa Council of Governments, is working on its forward visioning process, much as Johnson County is doing it. And, and they've they've I'm not, they've come up with another a number of strategic pillars, and they're trying to flesh that out. And I'm not going to go into great detail, but there is a good group that's focused on how to essentially uh, wa workable ways as opposed to ones that have essentially failed in the, in the past to get various parts of this, this six county region to work together um, toward, toward the future. Mm -hmm. Good. At the uh, MPO JC meeting on the 17th of November, we had a presentation from um, the rail director from the Iowa DOT and the, um, I forget her title, but someone who does rail aviation and uh, transit and they spoke really favorably about the idea of the commuter rail between North Liberty and Iowa City. And so I think our next MPO meeting I th will probably be creating a kind of a subcommittee or a task force on uh, from the different jurisdictions and communities to be talking about that. Um, I've had a number of conversations with folks about that as well. And so it was great to kind of pull that into the, the MPO sphere. Any other item? Uh, I was slow to jump in on Councillor Mims's comment, but um, uh, if you weren't, <coughs> excuse me, if you weren't aware, that there is a national um, suicide hotline that's being developed um, <coughs> to replace the 1-800 number that exists now. It'll be 988, and that'll go into effect next year. And uh, here, the dispatch will probably coincide with the existing mobile crisis dispatch. Um, I think there's still some, some of that being worked out at the state level, how we'll, we'll dispatch that. But it's clearly on our radar uh, because it's more, it's, it's, it's kind of named the suicide hotline, but it's clearly a crisis hotline. So I think there'll be some real good opportunities to promote that. Uh, we've had some of those initial discussions even within the, the police department about, you know, as much as we promote 911, can't we promote 988, which is going to be the number uh, just as much, if not more. Uh, and, and so that's on the way. And then also, um, 
you know, we continue to have some great discussions with Mobile Crisis on um, expanding their capabilities and improving their response times. And we're pretty close to bringing you a proposal um, on that um, using some of the ARPA funds that, uh, that the cities receive. So you could probably expect that shortly after the first of the year. Great. Anything else for right now? No? All right. We will be back at 6 p.m.